What's Up podcast. On today's episode of the Drapeo audio experience, we feature audio from episode five of Candy and Commerce featuring Dustin Lee. Dustin is one of the faces behind Tea with Gary V. He works with Team Gary V and helps operate the social media of Gary Vaynerchuk, a huge inspiration to myself and many people in the marketing world. Dustin is, besides being super talented, just an awesome down-to-earth dude. It was really great to get some behind-the-scenes feedback of what kind of goes on in the Gary V world. Dustin helps operate Tea with Gary V, which is a really cool series, basically Q&A style for people who have questions about marketing. Gary takes the time to answer your questions almost on a weekly basis. And uh, Dustin's one of the people who helps operate this platform. So it was great to talk with him. Let me know what you think of this episode. We kind of also nerd out a bit at the end talking about Pokemon stuff, which Pokemon's really blowing up, but that's an episode, a different episode of the podcast. So enjoy it. Let me know what you think. And this is the Drapeo Audio Experience. You're now listening to the Drapeo Audio Experience. Welcome to Candy Commerce. I'm Dre Peo here. Super excited for today's guests. Our two previous episodes were very candy focused. And I think today is when we're going to dive into more of the commerce stuff. Uh, super excited to have a great creative mind with us to discuss his experiences in the marketing world with Team Gary V and coordinating Tea with Gary V online in a Q&A show with entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk. We have Dustin Lee with us today. Thanks so much for being here, Dustin. Thank you for having me on, Dre. And I love, I'm, I have a really bad sweet tooth, so that, that might actually work out both ways. <laughs> That's great. I actually got some, a bunch of candy stuff here. So I was thinking maybe later we could throw some stuff on camera and see kind of a this or that sort of situation. Nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, to get us started off, just I'd love to get a bit of background for people who aren't familiar with, with your work, with Team Gary V. I'd love to know how you first got involved with Team Gary V. I feel like it's a, you know, competitive position that a lot of marketing creatives want today. I'd love to know how you got started. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Dustin Lee. Uh, I'm born and raised in New Jersey. I know you guys are in Canada, so that's in the U.S. <laughs> Just in case you don't know where New Jersey is. <laughs> um, as far as Gary, uh, Team Gary, uh, I started working there in June of 2018. I applied just like a regular Joe Schmo in um, October of 2017. Uh, D-Rock put out a video called looking for content creators. And it was just like Gary pretty much saying, hey, we're looking for content creators. We know how to do this, that, whatever. Apply here. And then it was like a link in the description. Uh, I applied, got rejected. And then I kind of just thought, okay, I suck. So I'm not going to do that again. Or I'm not, I guess I'm just not worthy. <laughs> And then I think they came out with another one a couple months later. I've tried again. I forget if they came out with another one or if I just try to like follow up and then just kind of got like a rejection again. And I was like, I, I mean, I get it. Cause like I wasn't a professional videographer or anything. I was pretty much like a home made YouTuber type. Like I just learned everything off YouTube and I was trying to do like a thing on my YouTube channel uh, for like BMX related. And then in February of 2018, I got an email from Andy and he was, he's a, the director of Team Gary, pretty much like leads Team Gary. And he said, hey, we'd love for you to come in and interview you. And I was like, sure. So I went in, had an interview with him. Uh, I thought it went okay. 
Um, it gave me a homework assignment. I sent it back the next day. Never heard from him again. I was like, wait, am I allowed to curse on this? Try not to. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, damn. Well, I said, oh, whatever. I was like, um, <laughs> I guess I messed up. I can't, uh, or I'm not good enough or whatever, or whatever. So then I just kind of got let down. Uh, I tried following up for like a week later and then the same thing, didn't get a reply. So I, was, I just kind of like got discouraged and gave up. Um, just started to continue doing my thing. Um, I was unemployed at the time. I was just trying to do the YouTube thing, you know, trying to think about like the Gary uh, philosophy of just, you know, it's a long game. Just got to keep going type of thing. Um, in June of 2018, I was out filming something for my BMX YouTube channel thing. And Andy calls me and he's like, Hey, are you still interested in the job? I was like, uh, yeah. And he said, can you come in tomorrow? I'm like, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then when in the next day he told me it was going to be like a two week trial period type of thing where just to see if I'm like good enough to, or like if I can handle the work and I just kept my head down, worked as hard as I could for those two weeks. Then it became two additional weeks. So I thought that was a good sign at least. So, cause I like every day I'm just thinking, Oh my God, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. Cause I'm just <laughs> like not doing enough, not doing good enough. And then total of, I think around four or five weeks later said, we're going to give you a resident position, which is kind of like, it's like you're hired, but you don't really, it's like kind of another step above like what I was doing. And after about seven months, they gave me full-time hire and just been there ever since. Uh, started off pretty much just as an editor, video editor. Um, didn't even know how to use a DSLR, to be honest. And didn't know how to do anything live streaming or podcasting related or audio related. And just, they just like threw me into the lion's den and just kind of like figured it all out uh, while I was there. And yeah, that's like the one biggest thing that has worked out like really well while being there. It's just, just learning on the, like on the fly. And I'll, I'm really surprised how much I've learned since I've been there. I feel like that's such a, you know, motivating thing, especially for young creatives who are in a similar position where, you know, being a, a YouTuber or a content creator has become so popular over the last few years. And some, some people don't have the schooling behind them yet. They do love the idea of working with, you know, a brand as big as Gary Vee or VaynerMedia. <laughs> what was your mindset, especially, you know, being, turned down the first time, I, I feel like it's, it takes a, a certain mindset to say, I'm going to apply again. And, you know, it's kind of very similar to the, as a fan of Gary's work, the stuff that he talks about, about like, look, it's one thing that didn't work out. It's nothing personal. Like, how did you push through that? Um, honestly, like my, my confidence is pretty bad. <laughs> like I have really bad um, self-deprecation, I guess. So it wasn't easy, but the thing I, I forgot to mention is um, where like my leverage was is I have, I built this like uh, it's a Seinfeld meme account on, on Instagram, basically just a meme account uh, pretty much all based on Seinfeld scenes and uh, characters. It's called Costanzagrams. Um, I've seen I, it. Oh really? That's crazy. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I, like, yeah, I started that in 2014 and it was like nothing. And then eventually by the time I got hired, I think I had around like maybe just under 300,000 followers. So I think Andy saw that 
I built something like from scratch, but on my own. So it's like, okay, he kind of like, I think he thought he like me that I know how to like build an Instagram account or like at least understand like the psycho like psychologically like a rel- relativeness of whatever of like Instagram. So I think that's where I got my shot because a lot of people that are on our team, they, they did go to like film school or like they have like experience with video where I think my advantage was just that I kind of understood the platform really well. Um, so yeah, for any people out there that might not have like a film school background or just like are like a self-starter type of thing, I'd say your biggest advantage is trying to build something on your own because that you can use that as your portfolio pretty much or like your leverage to be like, Hey, I did this from scratch. So like, let's say you have a YouTube channel that even has like 50,000 subscribers. I mean, I know some people that's a lot, some people that's nothing. So it all depends on your perspective of that. But I think that is like good leverage to be like, Hey, I built this. I know how to create content. I know I understand people or like how like to attract people to, my content and especially with like your engagement and stuff like that too, all that stuff matters. But yeah, like if you have nothing, you don't have like a college degree or a film school degree or something like that. My biggest suggestion is just try to build something on your own and it's going to take time to do that. Like I didn't like, cause I mean, I got a little bit lucky with Costanza grams where I did get like a good, like a shout out, but that's also where networking kind of comes in where you got to like be friends with people or like, just talk to people and just be like, Oh, I love your stuff or whatever. Like, I mean, in a real way, not like in a kiss ass way type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like that's a good segue into tea with Gary V because I feel like that's in a way what you guys are doing is a massive networking with both the fans and people who are entrepreneurs in the industry for people who don't know, uh, Dustin coordinates tea with Gary V, which is an online segment with Gary Vaynerchuk, who is uh, a media personality, entrepreneur, uh, early investor in Facebook and Snapchat, and just does everything in the business world. Um, and, and Dustin, you're coordinating these, I guess they're interviews, but also Q and A's with just fans online. And I feel like you come across so many different perspectives from, you know, there's the entrepreneur business owners. There's also people struggling, looking for advice. I'm curious if you could just talk about one or two things that you've really learned listening into these conversations, uh, particularly about business and, and kind of that struggle. I'm really looking for, you know, people who are watching, looking for advice on building their business as just an outside perspective, you watching these conversations, is there something that you would say really stood out for advice for people? Um, I would say that, we overthink a lot of us, me included, we overthink everything. I think that's where Gary's like his superpower is because he just doesn't care. Like, so we, we sometimes work with, or I sometimes work with uh, the agency side of VaynerMedia, like pretty much doing stuff for clients. And there's just such a huge approval process that has to go through like the content that we make for them where they're like, yes and no, or like, oh, this is not our brand or whatever. But Gary, on the other hand, he just like, yeah, let's just do it. Who cares? Like, he doesn't care what it is. Like, if it looks like garbage, like he's fine with it because he wants to see if it works. Cause he, 
he's very open to like so many ideas. That's like one of the best parts about working for Gary, like that I realized is um, there's just so much freedom. You can do whatever you like, you can make whatever you want. He's willing to test stuff. But back to your question, I think that is a big thing where people are overthinking their content thinking, Oh, it's not good enough. The lighting stinks or um, I look stupid or I stuttering. Like, I think that is a big thing where people just need to put it out and just not care. And that's definitely linked to our own insecurities, which I, I, even me, like I have, I've just as guilty of it too. And I think that's, what's really getting away, getting like people from what, like trying to do stuff, just overthinking it and just your insecurity of overthinking whatever you're trying to put out. Um, but you just got to put it out really like, and you learn from it. Like I've, I've even this, like this podcast, like I've done podcasts with a couple people now since um, T with Gary V came out. And like, at first I was really like stuttering and stuff and like, just not knowing what to say. And I, I've just, just doing it more, like makes you more comfortable and like, you just get better at it. So definitely like, don't overthink your first things you're putting out. Uh, that's what people, a lot of, like I've noticed the guests, like, it's just interesting. Like Gary gives such like common sense advice and people are just like, Oh yeah, duh. And then it's like, yeah, like it's just, we, we are really overthinking a lot of things when it's just like the thing you should just focus on is just going like, go just do it. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, just thinking back to my own experiences at the beginning as a content creator, I think it's the judgment that really affects you the most because if you've never done something before, especially if you're transitioning, you used mm-hmm. to be an athlete and now you're actually really passionate about video. You want to do something different. You're like, you think about the different things people are going to say. And I think that's important. What you were saying about people actually don't, I think people, you think people care more than they actually do. And you know, I think that, that that's great advice. Yeah. I'm just as guilty of that too. Like I have my BMX YouTube channel now, but I want to make video stuff or I want to do like uh, car stuff, but I'm like still kind of hesitant. Cause I'm like worried I'm going to lose my followers. And yeah, that's something I'm, I'm working on also. Like I just gotta like get over it. Cause it's like, if I do lose 60% of my followers, it's, but I'm also possibly gaining like 120% of different people. So it's like, that's just something you got to really think about also. Um, and I, I got to do that. I got to work on that too. I'm just kind of going to be like, whatever I'm going. <laughs> I find the transition into something new, something like TikTok, for example, has really been an avenue for starting something new, at least for me, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, my background is mainly in music. I almost did nothing outside of music. And when I got involved with TikTok, which was a little bit over a year ago, when I first discovered it, actually through listening to Gary talk about how great this platform was, I saw it as an opportunity. Like nobody knows who I am. I could be absolutely anything on this platform. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of transitioned into the, the food and the snack stuff, which eventually led to the creation of this show and many other opportunities. And I think, you know, I want to get your perspective on using these platforms like TikTok uh, to kind of reinvent yourself. I know you're on TikTok, and mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like every marketing conversation now is involving the platform. What, what is your perspective on, on TikTok? How has it been helping the people you're working with and 
your, your brand in particular? Um, yeah, that like you, like you nailed it on the head where, uh, it's like starting over. It's like when kids go to college for the first time, they don't have, they don't have like all that stigma from high school anymore. Nobody knows who you are and you can just start all over. And it's, that's the same thing with social media. Um, I'm sure when someone first got Instagram back in like 2013, they felt the same exact way. And TikTok's like that right now. I mean, you guys are in Canada, so you're not having the same trouble as us where TikTok was supposed to be banned today in the US, but I think it actually got bought out by Walmart and Oracle. So we are surviving TikTok right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I love TikTok too. When I first started, I thought it was lame. Like I, all I saw was like dancing stuff. And then as I was like watching it more, I just saw so much creativity on there. And I was like, wow, like I can't believe there's this many creative people out here, like just thinking differently and just even like in a, like a comedy way, there's just so many funny people there. And that's what I love about TikTok. Like people hate on TikTok. Oh, you're going to dance with 10 year old girls. It's like, no, that's not, you don't even know what that is. You watched it for two seconds. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't even know what you're talking about. It's like, and that's just interesting too. Just people's like judgment, judging like right away and not even like having full context of what they're talking about. So, but yeah, back to TikTok. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Like I, when, I, when I went on there, I first started with like BMX content again, cause that's kind of where my, I felt like my base of, content was supposed to be but then i started doing more just comedy stuff because i i in like i guess in a weird way i've always kind of wanted to be like a stand-up comedian even though i i don't know i don't think i'll ever do that <laughs> just because i'm too nervous to stand in front of people but i just like making people laugh and watching other people doing the same thing and then i that just kind of like starts my creative gears going as far as like comedy stuff and i was like okay maybe i could use that kind of same concept but just more related to my life and my hobbies and stuff like that. And it was, I was like killing it for a while. Like I was getting really good views. And then I started going back to the BMX stuff and it actually started doing worse. So it's kind of interesting how that worked out. And I just got to go, I think I just got to like be broad, but also focus. It's, it's kind of a hard balance, but um, yeah, that's where I love TikTok, and I highly recommend it. If uh, you're listening to this, to download it ASAP. And this is not a sponsored post by TikTok. <laughs> I wish it was because I'm <laughs> racking in that money. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't heard anybody say that before, but it's so true that TikTok is you transitioning from elementary school to high school. Nobody knows who you are. It's a clean slate and it's a major opportunity for you as a creator. And hundred percent, that's the best way to put it. With you working with Team Gary V, uh, particularly focusing on, on TikTok, have you guys faced any obstacles? Because, I mean, you did mention that Gary's very flexible and he's open to a lot of ideas. Do you guys face any, any obstacles working with Gary, and especially as these platforms change? Um, yeah, like there's sometimes – so TikTok is, of course, under 60 seconds – Sometimes the context can be lost there where like if Gary just says like we, where we clip a, something from Gary, where he says a blatant statement with no context, people are like backlashing on it a lot. Um, so there are those t moments like that where um, 
he does say it's fine, but then it's like, oh crap, we sh probably shouldn't have done that. Or at least we should have laid better context in the edit. And I mean, that's just going to happen. Like luckily Gary is um, just him where he's like, if he sees the backlash, he always addresses it right away, apologizes. Like he doesn't try to hide it or anything. And yeah, that's the one hard thing about content creation. Like I try my best to give, like to edit something where the context isn't lost, but it's tough on certain platforms, especially like, so I'm in charge right now of like, Instagram reels, that's 15 seconds. It's so hard to like make sure the clip isn't saying some blatant statement that can be taken the wrong way. Um, I usually try to take stuff that is light, lighter hearted where um, it's just, it, like, it, it's almost like when he puts out a tweet where he just puts like a two sentence tweet out and it's like, you can take it how it is. It's almost like a fortune cookie, I guess, where you read it and it could be taken how you want it. Um, that's kind of like how IG Reels is right now. And TikTok was kind of like that too for a while. Like we were trying to do like around 30 second clips. Um, but usually it does fine. Like very, very little backlash. Like it's just once in a while type of thing. Yeah. And I'm curious how you're finding the Reels experience because you know, it was basic, it's basically the Instagram's response to TikTok for those who aren't familiar with Reels. And it's increasingly getting more and more popular, especially as they make adjustments to it. Are you finding that in comparison with TikTok, is, is the reach similar? Is the response similar? The reach? Well, so views-wise, it is similar to like getting a lot of views on TikTok, but as far as engagement, I'm not seeing it as much. Like, it seems like, like I've, I've, we've posted reels for Gary where it gets like 4.5 million views, but then the comments and likes are pretty much equivalent to something where he usually gets like 800,000 views. And it's just like not really correlating correctly, in my opinion. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, how are, how are there like those, where's that... 4.1 million views coming from then. And I, I don't really know, honestly, cause I'm not like in touch with the people at Instagram or Facebook, or whatever. But as far as like the culture of it, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Instagram reels right now. Like it's not like TikTok where it's feeding you the, like the content you want to see where like, if I'm, if I'm on TikTok and I'm starting to just look at like people that post, uh, like video FX type of stuff. And it's just like creative stuff like that. I'll be seeing that a lot. Um, just like, like I look at my girlfriend's feed sometimes and she sees a lot of dancing. Cause like, I guess she's kind of like into that. And I don't see dancing at all on my TikTok, like zero. And that's where I think TikTok's algorithm is better, where it really understands you better. I mean, it's a little creepy, but <laughs> it knows. Where IG reels, I'm seeing a lot more of that just repurposed TikTok stuff, dancing stuff. And it's just like, this is not what I'm interested in at all. And I think it's still in the early stages though, where it's not knowing how to do that. I mean, just like Instagram TV, when it first came out, it was really wonky and like people, it wasn't like feeding me correct stuff. So I think they're still working on it. And I think that has a possibility, but right now it kind of stinks.
Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of TikTok, but I'm hoping that, you know, Reels does adjust and because Instagram is such a big platform. Yeah. Uh, as we're winding down here, I know we have about four minutes left. I want to just briefly talk about, because I know how passionate you and Gary are about it, uh, the rise, uh, and this is kind of left field for, for people who are watching the show, but this, uh, the rise of Pokemon cards and sports cards is something you and Gary talk about uh, as a major investing opportunity to the point where I, I've heard Gary say, like, he's not really investing heavy in startups. He's going hard in sports cards. And you're seeing people making, you know, 20, 30 K off of one card, things that I, I had no idea. And I pulled out my childhood Pokemon cards quite recently. And I'm pretty excited. I got a pretty uh, good collection as a kid. So nice. I'm curious how yours, your collection is going and maybe some one or two tips before we wrap up about uh, investing in sports cards or getting involved at all. So as far as sports cards, I'm, I don't know anything about that. Um, I'm only focused on Pokemon. Um, something that Gary said in like a recent tea with Gary V was just like, yeah, Pikachu's not going to have a blown ACL. And I, I was like, that's, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's kind of like how I, why I started going with Pokemon just because I felt like it's a character that has better IP intellectual property, whatever. And it's just something that's probably going to be here for a while versus a basketball player that might become irrelevant in a couple, like 10 years or something. Um, but yeah, as far as Pokemon for context, I've, I've bought maybe only like a total of 20 cards. They're all graded, which means um, they come in like plastic cases. They've been sent out to professional uh authenticators where they look at the card, look for scratches and stuff like that. And they give it a grade from one to 10. Um, I'm buying mainly graded nine and 10 cards. 10 being the best. Yes. For those who don't know. Yes. Correct. Um, I've, my collection is small in my opinion, uh, but I did spend about $6,000 on those cards. Um, I, I luckily was in an early, I got in like a little bit just before, like it went from like, it was going like, like this and then started going like that. As far as the price was going, I got in like just before it started skyrocketing. And even then when I was like, Oh my God, I just paid 600 bucks for this card. <laughs> like, is this really worth it? I hope so. And then, uh, but yeah, the prices now are just insane. Um, I recently sold six of my cards. So like I said, I, I spent 6K on a, maybe around like 25 cards total. I sold six of them recently and I have made $4,000 back. So like I'm it's doing incredible. pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> incredible. That's motivating for me as I get my collection up. I'm looking yeah. to get stuff graded, but I'm not familiar with it. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, if you, if you have raw cards at home, yeah. Um, you can sell those too. It's just take really good pictures or hope, hopefully they're in really good condition. And I know people probably don't realize how important that condition is. Like if you have a good card that you're like, Oh, this is, it's not bent. It's not folded. Like it's great condition, but that's not the only things that the graders are looking for. Like there's really little subtle things, like even like tiny little nicks on the corners and stuff like that from just like playing or flipping through them or whatever that will bring a card that would be a perfect 10 down to maybe even a seven or eight, depending on how bad that is. So just look at those really carefully, but people are selling raw cards too, because 
they're just going to take a chance at it. It's like gambling in a way. Like I, I bought, I bought like only one raw card and it was from Japan of all places, but I just really liked the artwork on it. And I thought it was a good deal. So I was like, okay, maybe I think I could get it graded. Um, but yeah, like your cards in your case. Yeah. It's, you know what, it's been an incredible journey. Just even the nostalgia looking back on my card, we have about 20 seconds just wrapping up the episode. I just want to, Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. It's been awesome diving into the world of, of tea with Gary V and your background and getting a bit about sports cards for people who want to follow Dustin, go to at Dustin, at Dustin, not Justin on uh, Instagram and TikTok, And you can pretty much everywhere him, uh, and everywhere, everywhere else. And uh, you can check him out on tea with Gary V with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, which is what's the exact dates of it. It's been a little all over the place because Gary's really, he, he's running right. his company. So it's like, just, it's kind of on the less. Keep an required. eye on it. Yeah. Just, Keep an eye on it. We have episodes uh, on Gary V. Yeah. We have episodes on YouTube. So you can just search it on there. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Dustin. Thank and you for having me on. to seeing more from you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dre Pale audio experience. If you've made it this far into the podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you took two minutes to leave us a review on Apple. I'm always looking to get your feedback and I'm wondering what you'd like to see on the podcast. Maybe there's a specific topic or guest you'd like to see featured. Please let me know. And of course, make sure you're following on Instagram and I will see you on the next episode of the Dre Pale audio experience.